you have your Bibles, I'd like to encourage you to turn now to the New Testament, to the author known as Luke, a first century historian. You know, sometimes we go to school, we go to classes, we read about things and you hear references to the first century. And sometimes it can feel like it's really obscure, like how would I ever connect with that? And yet, right here, in what we call a Bible, what we call the New Testament, we have authors that are writing things down from a first century perspective. They were there. They gathered the information. They walked and they talked. And so Luke has done that for us. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke. So the third book in the New Testament. And I'm going to start in chapter 4, and I'm going to start with verse 16. Some of these words will sound very familiar, as I just read them from the prophet Isaiah. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And I'll stop there. I don't know if you can imagine the setting what that must have been like. I tried to put it into perspective for myself. And in case anybody hears somebody else talking, we have a translator today, which I'm grateful for, uh, for some of our families who still need translation. So you might hear an echo um, in a different language. That's a good thing today. So. But just imagine going to church on a Sunday, for instance, uh, around Christmas, and hearing... The Christmas story. It's kind of familiar. It's kind of known to us. It's kind of something that we probably don't think too much about, except that it's Christmas time and it's filled with emotions and it's all that stuff, right? It's family, it's all that. And we're coming into that season soon. But imagine somebody within us stands up, and reads those very familiar passages and says something like, they're talking about me. Like that, I think, would be a little bit disconcerting, wouldn't it? Some of us might be starting to wonder, like, what's going on? What's this church all about? And you sort of get the picture a little bit of what Jesus was experiencing in that moment. 
These are scriptures that had been prophesied for centuries about something, someone that was going to come and do this miraculous thing. And of course, they had worked up in their mind all that was going to be involved in that. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes along and he stands up and he says, Today, this day, that scripture is fulfilled. It's me. I'm here and here we go. Now, I had prepared a different kind of message, and I've changed it a little bit today, because what I really wanted to focus on at first was the response of the people, but we're not going to go down that path today. It's an interesting story. You should read on uh, from about verse 22 on down to verse 30. It's It's a fascinating thing that happens in the course of just a few minutes, of being ready to receive it, and then all of a sudden wanting to put this Jesus to death. And I think sometimes we need to reflect on our own reactions and responses to the Word of God. But that's a different message for a different day. Because today what I really want to focus on is Jesus' fulfillment. What He said when He said, I've come to fulfill these Scriptures today. There's a message of hopefulness in that. And I know if you're a little bit like me that hearing about human trafficking, not just here, but if you've heard it anywhere talked about, sometimes it can feel like a situation that is overwhelming. Anybody ever felt like that? Like this is a huge issue. And it is so under the radar that we oftentimes don't pay much attention to it. And it's such an invisible problem, and it's so complicated by so many different systems. Not just the economic system, but we're talking social systems, right? And we're talking church systems and all of the various views of people around the globe and all these sorts of things get complicated in how do we address this particular problem? How do we address human trafficking? We focus today on the power that is available through Jesus Christ. He has come to set the captives free. And by extension, He has empowered you and I to be His agents for change. So first and foremost, today we need to be informed about who Jesus is. We need to recognize the deep deep love of Jesus Christ. We need to recognize how wide and high and deep and far reaching is the love of Jesus Christ. He came to bring that good news for everyone around the globe. Especially for those who are the most vulnerable among us. His love is rooted in justice. You've heard that mentioned already. We can't separate God's love from God's justice. It's a transforming love. It's a love that doesn't just allow you to feel good in the moment. It's a love that takes what's deep down inside of you and works with it and transforms you into something different, something that is sensitive to what's going on around you, sensitive to those who are outside the four walls of this church. In many ways, it's a love that is absolutely mind-blowing. 
hard to comprehend. But comprehend it we must if we're going to share it with others. So why this passage today? Number one, to be informed. I've said that. The the second reason really is to become empowered. We want to make a difference in the world around us. I know you do. I know I do. On Freedom Sunday, we're called to take notice of things that are going on in the world around us that sometimes go unnoticed. They are things that should probably make our stomach turn. There's abuse. There's exploitation. There's profiteering at the expense of victims. There's global power struggles. On and on and on it goes. And today we're called to lament To lament those systems and structures that leave vulnerable vulnerable people open to this kind of abuse. Today is not just a day to raise awareness. Yes, it's a day that we're focusing on it. And hopefully, in the awareness, we're stirred to action. But really, we're being called to become part of a movement. A movement that sets things in motion toward freedom. Today is not just raising awareness. We are to become the movement of God. The power of the Holy Spirit to raise awareness all across the globe. It's a day that we actually can celebrate because of who Jesus is and what He came to do. He ushered in His kingdom, which is here among us now. We are the agents and ambassadors of change. The kingdom has come. Amen? we talked about that, haven't we? The kingdom is here and the kingdom is now. And we're invited to be a part of it. There's wonderful opportunity in all of that. It's a powerful, powerful invitation. Of course, the problem is very systemic, right? But because of Jesus Christ, we have solutions available to us. There are no better people more prepared, and more filled with a justice perspective than we are as Christians. We are the agents of His change. And today is about getting informed, empowered, and ultimately engaged. All over the globe, men and women and children, like you and I, have partnered together to make a difference in this particular matter. And their lives are being transformed just like yours and mine are being transformed. Hope is being shared. New opportunities are propping up where previously there was only sadness. Today, we're calling our attention to this particularly ugly way of life. It is a way of life that is rooted in greed and rooted in lust. And it's not just fueled by all of those things, but it's fueled by the economic and the social systems that have power that are rooted in the sinfulness of our humanity. So much so that even those of us who are striving to live right, even those of us who are striving for justice and righteousness, sometimes get caught up in all of this unknowingly 
if we are not aware, if we're not doing what we can do to make a difference in the world around us. There are two tables out in our lobby today. One is the seed table. I'm wearing a shirt that represents them. And then there's another table where Naomi was and will be after the service as well to talk about the set free movement. Both of these are initiatives of the Free Methodist Church that are drawing awareness to this issue but seeking to empower others around the globe to make a difference in their lives, in the lives of their families. Those are two ways that you can get involved. We're going to talk about a few more here in just a few minutes. The statistics of this particular issue are really startling. We just need to stop and probably lament these statistics for just a couple of minutes. It is estimated that around the globe right now, there are no less than 40 million slaves. In some form or fashion, 40 million of the most vulnerable people are being used and abused for economic and social gain by others. 40 million. As I said, the most vulnerable among us are the ones that are preyed upon, including homeless children, including foster care kids. In fact, I read a statistic this week that said 60 to 70 percent of the children that are involved in the human trafficking issue here in the United States are a part of or were part of the foster care system. 60 to 70 percent depending on which study that you read. Immigrants, refugees, who get caught up in systems where they're unfamiliar, are extremely vulnerable to this stuff. It's a $150 billion industry. $150 billion. And it's not just sex, as Naomi said. It's the slave labor as well. In fact, the statistic goes like this. The most money is being made in the sex slave industry. But the highest number of actual slaves is actually still within the labor market. So there are more people enslaved in labor. There's more money being made in the other. Let me just read for you a story that I came across. Uh, This one uh, came off of the CNN website. And this goes back a number of years. But a woman by the name of Flor Molina. She became a victim of slavery in the garment industry in Los Angeles. She was an easy target. A desperate mother who had just lost her baby in Mexico because she didn't have money to hospitalize her sick child. With the hope of starting her own business to support her three other children, Molina began taking sewing classes. It was Molina's sewing teacher, get that, her sewing teacher that would eventually facilitate her 40 days of enslavement in the U.S. She says this, My sewing teacher was approached by a trafficker because she knew a lot of women who knew how to sew and would be desperate to come to the United States to make money. There were no opportunities in my town, so when my sewing teacher told me about the opportunity to go to the U.S., I was definitely interested. I had to leave my mom and my children behind. I was told that when I got to the U.S., I will have a job so I could send money home, a food for food and a place to stay. 
When I arrived in Los Angeles, I quickly realized it had all been a lie. My trafficker told me that now I owe her almost $3,000 for bringing me to the U.S. and that I had to work for her in order to pay it back. I was forced to work 18 hours a day. This is in the 21st century. I was forced to work 18 hours a day making dresses that were being sold for $200 department stores. When all the workers in the factory got to go home, I had to clean the factory. I was forced to sleep at the factory in a storage room, and I had to share a single mattress with another victim. The other workers in the factory were able to come and go at the end of their shift. I was forbidden to talk to anyone or from putting one step outside of the factory. I worked hard, and I was always hungry. I was given only one meal a day, and I had ten minutes to eat. If I took longer, I was punished. 21st century, folks. 21st century Los Angeles. After only a few weeks of being there, one of my coworkers started suspecting that something was not right. She had realized that I was always there in the morning when she got there and was working at night after everybody left. She gave me her phone number on a piece of paper and told me that if I needed help, I could call her. I was so afraid, I didn't really trust anybody. My trafficker told me that if I ever go to the police, they wouldn't believe me. She said that she knew where my children and my mother lived and that I wouldn't want to pay them the consequences. I wouldn't want them to pay the consequences. This went on for 40 days, but I tell you, it felt like 40 years. I thought I was going to die. I thought I would never see my children again. I was sick with worry about how my children were in Mexico and how they didn't know what happened to me. After weeks of begging my trafficker to let me go to church, she finally let me go. And the moment I set foot outside the factory, I decided not to go back. I went to a payphone to call my coworker, but I didn't know how the payphone worked. After a while, someone walked by and I asked him if he spoke Spanish, and he did. He helped me to dial the number, and my coworker came and picked me up and took me to a restaurant. I was found by FBI agents who were already investigating my trafficker. They connected me with CAST, Coalition to Abolish Slavery and Trafficking, a nonprofit group. CAST found me shelter and helped me with all my basic necessities because I had nothing when I escaped. Ultimately, my trafficker was charged with labor abuse and got six months of house arrest. Stories like Flores abound, Flor Molina's abound in our country. In our country, not just around the globe. We can despair. We should lament, but that's certainly not our only answer. We are not powerless. We can all take steps in the direction of freedom using whatever gifts, whatever talents, and whatever resources we have. We're informed, we're empowered, we need to become engaged. Economically, the fact is that slavery exists in our closets, in our cupboards, and in our kitchens. As much as we try to do the right thing, many of us are unwittingly part of the economic engine that keeps this industry propped up. And we can change by becoming more educated, 
more aware of good labor practices and companies that stand for good working conditions, such as the Levi Strauss Company, which takes a stand against deplorable employment practices around the globe. And they inform their workers that they're taking these kinds of stands. So yes, their jeans cost more money, but it's because they're doing things the right way. And the choice that we often have is, do I want more or do I want to support the right thing and have a little bit less? Those are choices that we all have to make. We can also be part of the solution by using our talents and our gifts. Do you like to sing? Do you like to make music? Write your songs, they say, in the direction of freedom. Use your talents in the direction of freedom. Do you run a business or are part of a business? Make sure that that business is operating ethically and promoting the same for others. Model and promote healthy lifestyles, good business practices, healthy relationships, and you'll be contributing to a solution. At the heart of the solution is something that the church is all about, and that is restoring broken relationships. Because at the heart of the human trafficking issue is not slavery, it's broken relationships. That's really the heart of this particular issue. Why did Jesus come to set the captives free and do all that He said He was going to It's to restore people in relationship to Him and with each other. And that's what the church, that's the role of the church. That's what we are all about. So we can be part of the solution, not just in words, but in actions. We're partners of something called the New Covenant. That was something that Jesus ushered in when He came. His blood was part of this thing called the New Covenant. This hopefulness, this optimism, this truth that He brought to bear, this justice. And we are to spread that life-changing good news everywhere we go. Because the world is looking for it. The world is crying out for that change, for that hope. We are to be actively engaged in making that difference. So today, as we become engaged, we have to take a look at our own lives. We have to examine our own hearts, our own habits, our own lifestyles. And as has been encouraged already, we really should do that with the help of each other. I love what John, another first century writer, author, disciple, I love what he says in his first letter. In John 3.20, it says this, Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. That might be a verse that you've never read before. It might be a verse that you've glossed over a hundred different times in reading that letter But it's a powerful little statement. John's talking to people in the New Testament churches and he's encouraging them to love their brothers and their sisters. And it can be a little bit like maybe some of us feel today, right? We are to love, to reach out, and and we begin to examine ourselves and rather than being encouraged to love, we just kind of get a little bit like, oh my goodness, and we start to feel guilty. Some guilt isn't even that bad because we're actually not doing anything wrong. We just want 
want it to be different, right? But there is some guilt that might be pushing us to make a change. God is greater than those feelings of guilt. He came to restore it all. He came to set the captives free, to bring justice. Like, that's who Jesus is. He's greater than our feelings. And so as we engage in examining ourselves, let's not get caught up in, in the guilt of what's happened or the way I lived my life. In the, but whatever. Let's look forward. Let's look to the hope that Jesus Christ offers. Not only us, but the world around us. Because we are part of the solution. We don't need to get bogged down in the guilt. We are to love the world because He first loved us. That is the message of hope today. We are to be known because of our love. That's the exciting thing. When Jesus Christ fills you, when He fills me, when He transforms who we are from the inside out, it begins to permeate and it changes our countenance. It changes our relationship. It begins to restore those broken relationships that are out there. And when those relationships are restored, the world is changed for the name of Jesus Christ. Our ethic for purchasing for developing relationships, for supporting causes, for embracing those we don't know, our ethic is love. When our desires, our motives, and our actions counteract what's good for others, love others as you love yourself, we're on the hook for change if our ways are overruling theirs. When we cease to love others more than we love ourselves, whether because of convenience I'm just going to buy what's cheap. Or because of its willful disregard, I don't really care about this issue. We're on the hook for change. But God is the only one who can bring healing to the brokenness. Jesus came to set all people free, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And He offers both forgiveness and healing in the process. This is the Gospel. The church with Jesus at the center, led by the Spirit, helps others to find freedom. Amen? Amen? The church, with Jesus at the center, helps others to find the freedom that you and I have already found. But it's not just emancipation, in other words, freedom from something, but liberation. It's liberation, the full expression that begins with freedom and moves to citizenship and human flourishing. We're not just freeing from something, we're freeing unto something. We are a part of something, a movement that is much bigger than just leaving something behind. Citizens. We're called to be citizens of the kingdom. And in order to do this, we need to lean into our community. We need to be people united with hope. This Freedom Sunday, today, we join, and I'm asking you to join, with tens of thousands of other people around the globe who are drawing awareness to make a difference on this particular issue. So let's just talk real practically. Where do we go? What are some steps? What are the next steps for you and for me? Number one, I just encourage us all to start with examining our own hearts. Examining the ways that we live. 
we have to ask God to shine the light on our hearts. The psalmist would say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me. And then lead me in the way everlasting. That was King David. Man after God's own heart. So the Bible says. So we start with examining our own hearts. We examine where we're buying from. Yes, we have to take a critical eye. Critical look at it. There are apps that you can put on your phone that you can pull up. You can look at companies. Are they ethical? Are they not ethical? Are they promoting ethical labor practices or are they not? You can do that. And if you're interested in doing that, there's some resources right in your bulletin. There's a page there. You can look at different places that you can buy ethically and there are apps that you can support you with that. We're coming into Halloween. One of the most simple things. I don't think Naomi said this, but um, she's inspired a movement in our house a little bit. Um, we don't buy, she doesn't buy Hershey's, and we're trying not to buy Hershey's candy. Um, Hershey's does not support ethical labor practices. They support slave labor around the globe. That's how they keep their prices down. You want to take a stand on Halloween? Steer away from Hershey's. Sorry, that's a little political. I don't usually do that, but that's one of the things that we have to look at ethically, right? Hershey's, Nestle, other ones. There are other companies that are out there. So take a look at your buying practices as you head into Halloween. Talk to other people about this issue. Educate yourselves. Become a part of the larger movement. There are lots of ways to get involved, and we're going to talk about one of those in just a minute. But I also said, use your talents. Use your gift. Use your resources. Use whatever it is that you do throughout the week to move in the direction of freedom. Let's be contributors to the solutions, not contributors to the problems that are around us. You can get involved. You can volunteer locally. You can volunteer globally. There's lots of different ways to do that. Today, as we move into our time of response, at New Hope, our time of response usually involves giving, tithes, or maybe an offering. It involves responding to what happened or what's happening to you during the service. There are cards in front of you. We sometimes call them prayer cards. I like to now call them connection cards. If you're a visitor today, we'd love for you to fill out a connection card and take it out after the service to our welcome table because out in the lobby there's going to be something for you you can take home as a reminder of your time with us today. But fill out that connection card for us and hand it to one of the ushers. Maybe it's time to write your tithe, your offering. One of the things that we're going to be doing today is we are going to be supporting one of the initiatives of the Set Free Movement. And to do that, I've asked my daughter, Kayla, who has some personal connections to Kenya, to come forward. And she's going to share just a little bit about the initiative that we're supporting today. The missionary's name is Ashley Carroll. The missionary's name is Ashley Carroll. And what we're going to be doing today is we're, we're tithing a portion of our offering today. We're not just tithing 10%, we're tithing 20%. We're trying to go a little bit above and beyond. We're going to tithe 20% of whatever we generate as our offering today, and we're going to send it to missionary Ashley Carroll. That's a picture of her on your left. And uh, Kayla, my daughter, has spent significant time in Kenya over the last two years, and uh, so I asked her to just share a little bit about what she knows about what Ashley's going to be doing. So. Sure, absolutely. 
All right. Um, so yeah, Kenya is definitely um, close to my heart. I've been there um, three times over the past four years, spent several months there. Um, and my brother's there now, and he's spending several months there. Um, so lots of personal connections, um, lots of stories and faces and people that come to mind as I'm hearing these things. You know, it's one thing to hear statistics and to hear numbers, but it's an entirely another thing to just be able to picture faces and um, realize that there are individuals who are impacted this, that this isn't just communities, this isn't just you know, the world, but these are individual people whose stories and lives are being impacted by these injustices um, in our world. And so um, I want to share with you about one um, young woman that I had the chance to meet while I was over uh, this summer. Um, her name is Lillian, and she actually was a Bible quizzer in Kenya. Um, she got involved with the program, and kind of through the mentorship that she received there and through the um, process of Bible quizzing, through the scholarship she earned by winning competitions, she went on to complete her high school education, to go on to secondary learning, and she went to school to study law. And now she's gone back, and she has remained in the Free Methodist Church, and today she works with other groups of young women um, in the church, and they actually go around to different Free Methodist churches in Kenya and speak about gender-based violence and domestic violence within the churches. And they kind of teach women about identifying these situations um, and how to look for those situations in their community and empower and help those individuals who are affected by domestic violence because that's a big issue that later can segue into issues of trafficking. Um, I think I read a statistic that about 39% of women and girls age 15 and above in Kenya alone will experience some kind of domestic violence. Um, and that really is such a vulnerability issue um, that does lead into these women going into trafficking situations, um, either labor um, or sex trafficking situations. And so um, what Ashley is doing in Kenya is she is going in and partnering with these other young women who are in the churches in Kenya. And they're going to work together to continue to spread awareness about gender-based violence, to continue to mentor and build relationships with other women in the community that then empower them um, so that it kind of starts um, not as a reaction to human trafficking, but as a preventative measure for human trafficking, where it takes these young women and even older women who are in vulnerable situations um, and it gives them hope and it gives them empowerment and opportunity for a future. So that's a little bit about kind of Ashley's connection with the Free Methodist Church is she's going to be continuing in that role. And our support of Ashley as she goes out into the mission field is not only a support of Ashley, but it's a partnership with the other young women um, and other church leaders based in Kenya who are already working to fight these issues and already working to empower individuals in their community. So this is an amazing opportunity to support her as she goes out um, and to let her know that we are behind her. And the message translates not only to her, but also to the leadership that is already in place in Kenya. Great. Thank you, Kayla. Yeah. Great. 
Um, you can certainly talk to Kayla Moore after the service. She has lots of stories. This is, uh, these issues really are, are near and dear to her heart as experiences that she's had in Kenya over the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, of course, Naomi will be out in the lobby as well. She can talk to her about Set Free uh, and the free ministry at Roberts Wesleyan College. Uh, the seed table will be open after the service as well. Um, lots of different ways, but if your heart's moved to give just to New Hope, we're going to tithe what we give. If your heart is like, man, I'd love to support Ashley all by herself, you know, you can do that as well. She's looking for long-term commitment and that sort of thing, and so if you'd like to write on your envelope, a giving envelope, or on your check, and just say specific to Ashley, uh, you can do that as well. We want to support her, support the work of the Free Methodist Church, the Set Free movement all around the globe. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward, and they're going to play uh, just quietly to give you a chance to respond to what you've heard. They'll be offering baskets that'll be up here on the altars. Uh, Our ushers are bringing those up. If that's a little too intimidating, that's fine. Uh, The ushers will be in the back after the service, and you can put them in the baskets at the back with the ushers as well. I'm going to close us this time of our service with prayer, and then... um, I'll come back in a little bit after some singing for a couple of announcements. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we have opened our ears and our minds and our hearts to an issue that you are all too familiar with, an issue that is a global crisis and yet sadly is not new, it has existed for centuries. And yet, Lord, there, we are not powerless to deal with this. There are ways that we can be involved, and we do have hope, even though sometimes it can feel like we don't. So we trust you today, Lord, to spur our hearts, to stir us to action, just in our own lives as well as in the world around us. Turn our guilt into action, Lord. Love us enough to know that in some ways we don't mean what we do. Sometimes we're just unaware and we need help. And Lord, today maybe is a new day toward that end. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for our time together. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.